Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, October 26, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning we'll begin with a brief devotional thought based on Psalm 119, verses 105 through 112. Uh, this first verse is probably one of the more popular verses in Holy Scripture. No doubt it'll be familiar to you. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, I pray, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. So that familiar opening verse, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Um, as we make our way through this, this dark, sin-filled world, it's very important that we keep our light on, that we, we know the way to go, because there's lots of dangers in this world. This is what the psalmist says here when he says that the wicked have laid a snare for me. Um, in the uh, original Greek language, the word for temptation is, includes the idea of a, a spiritual death trap. And, and as we consider our lives in this world, it's important that we keep watch for and look out for these dangers that come along the way. And one of the things that can help us as we are watching out for these dangers is to stay in God's holy word, to keep his lamp, his light uh, guiding our way. Uh, and so as we as we consider this theme today of God's word being a lamp, um, I guess I'd just uh, start by maybe asking you a question when you think of that that light uh, that's being spoken of here. How does God's word function as a light? Because it's not like it's it's an actual light that you can flip on and off. So how does this metaphor apply uh, as far as the, the word being a light? I just think of it as the way the world has so many different philosophies and morality that changes seems like every decade it's a different philosophy, a different morality that's being pr- proclaimed and pursued and the light of God's word is that absolute that never changes and so it's consistent, it's constant, it's that authoritative word of God that guides us through a very dark and sinful world which would be impossible to navigate without a light. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, those those snares, so what are some, maybe we could work together, list some some snares, some things in this dark world that would love to to trip you up, you mentioned the different philosophies of the world, but you know, there's lots of situations that will arise in life that, that might cause you to, to stumble or to fall um, that God's Word can help us to watch out for. Well, a few, a few times ago we talked about uh, pornography and the sensuality of the world today. It's like a heightened sensuality. You know, it's obviously it's your life, your body. Use it however you want, with whoever you want, at any time you want. Um, that's obviously not what God's Word teaches us. So that would be the first one that comes to mind, especially what we're talking about in the Proverbs. Proverbs 
6 and 7 talked a lot about that, you know, adultery and fornication in that sense. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind based on Proverbs. Yeah, I was thinking of the the uh, 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 the desire for money, greed, uh, jealousy, you know, the way that people want to build up, build up for themselves treasures here on earth. Um, think of the, the, the big bank account that people want, you know, uh, you know, the world portrays, you know, having all those things as well. That's success. Success is when um, you have a, a big house, a fast car, all those things that, uh, that, you know, the world sees as valuable. Those are, that's a snare, you know, um, we talked a little bit about this on, on Sunday, but I always tell people, you know, it's a lot less tempting to go fishing on a Sunday morning if you don't have a boat. <laughs> um, if you have a boat, you know, it's one more thing that you're attached to, one more thing you got to take care of, one more thing that is out there to tempt you to, to not come to church on Sunday morning. And I'm not saying having a boat is bad, obviously. I would love to have a boat someday, um, God willing. But, right, you know, um, uh, the, the things of this world have a way of, uh, taking away from God. Jesus says you cannot serve God and mammon. So anyway, lots and lots of, of snares for us. So how does God's word, you know, maybe we'll apply it to these two things, uh, sensuality and uh, desire for the earthly earthly things. How does God's word speak and prioritize for us um, what is most important, uh, you know, opposed to those things? Well, I think Jesus says, in the, that's a really good question. I think Jesus says in the Gospels, talks about what profit is a man's life if he gains the whole world but loses his soul. Mm. So it's kind of that, I would, my understanding would be it would be that wager almost of I'm willing to have a great life here on this earth compared to not having heaven or missing out on heaven, which is eternal, which is mm-hmm. better than anything we can have here. Uh, maybe that makes us think of the rich man and Lazarus too. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, how would you respond to your own question? Well, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the Bible, the Bible prioritized for us what's most important is not the earthly treasures, not the fulfilling of the lusts of the flesh. Even though those things feel good in the moment, or they may feel like success, or the world may look at us and say, "Oh, look, you're successful." Um, true success comes from uh, following God's word and, and being obedient to the the statutes that He lays out for us. And this is what the psalmist says too, right? If you read. Some of the end of our section here. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever. They are the rejoicing of my heart. I've inclined my ear to perform your statutes forever to the very end. True success, true happiness doesn't come from building up our treasures here on earth, but it's it comes from, you know, uh, uh, fulfilling God's word, bearing the responsibilities and the duties that He lays out for us to the best of our abilities, and then. Uh, laying all of our sins on Jesus and trusting in him for, for forgiveness of sins. And this is what God's word does for us. Again, it's a, it's a lamp uh, that guides our way. You know, and I'd encourage you, one final thought maybe here is, you know, a lot of times um, there's a common, a common worry that as pastors we have with our confirmation students, you know, after, after they're confirmed so often uh, there tends to be a thought of, well, I've, I've learned all I need to learn about God's word and now I can check that off the list and we can move on with life and, um, I tell I tell those confirmation kids, you know, if you take if you think you're done with God's word and you're going to put it on the shelf, you're taking your lamp, your lantern, your guide through life, and you're putting it on the shelf and you're just wandering around blindly in the dark. And if you come upon one of these snares or something in the world, you know, slaps you down or knocks you down or you're stuck, and then all of a sudden you turn your flash, you know, then you grab God's word and you turn your flashlight on. Well, guess what? You're stuck in the middle of nowhere with no idea where you are, no sense of direction. 
you know, keeping that light on the whole time is what's most important. And you do that by going to church and by uh, reading God's word and by having devotions and by studying it. Um, and so that's what's going to help you when all of a sudden these snares or these these confusing things come up in life. And, you know, what do I do next? I'm not sure what to do. And you can't just randomly open God's word and, you know, get direction on, you know, uh, how you should handle this next situation. But as you abide in God's word, um, you know the truth. And the truth, you know, the truth sets you free from all those snares and temptations of the wicked one of the sinful world. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the whole section that you read there talks about having the light that leads to that heritage forever, that light. You said, you know, the light is Christ. You know, that's John 1 says that. And that heritage that we have forever, verse 111 and 112, says, I'm going to continue to make your word, your light, be inclined to my heart. You know, that's going to be the biggest portion of my heart, my focus, until the very end, until he takes us home. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for shining your bright light into the world. You are the light of the world, and yet you also call us um, to be lights as well. Help us to do so, not by our good works or how wonderful and wise we are, but by continuing to spread your word. Your word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Help us to, to, to abide in it, and help us also to share with others as we are able. We pray these things in your name. Amen. A number of weekly updates and reminders for you today. This evening we're picking up our online midweek Bible study at 1 John 4, verse uh, 7. So we've been uh, cruising through there. Hopefully you can join us for that online. That one has been going well. Um, last week I want to thank everybody who came out for the blood drive. We collected 29 units. Um, had quite a few deferrals, quite a few walk-ins. So it was a, it was a good day overall. And so we thank uh, the seniors for putting that on. We will be having another blood drive uh, March 10th, uh, next next semester, so I'm gonna note, mark your calendars for that, and uh, if you uh, do give, please uh, make sure you don't give for the, the eight weeks before that or whatever it is so that you can you can give to our, our blood drive to support our seniors here. Um, if they get a certain number, uh, they qualify for scholarships next year for their college, uh, so hopefully uh, we can do that next March. Uh, Saturday we had our outdoor adventure day down at Seven Mile Creek Park. Had a wonderful turnout. I would guess probably 50, 60 people or something showed up. A lot fun time, uh, fellowship. We had a had a devotion and uh, had a lot of fun. So glad everybody could turn out for that. It was a, lot, a beautiful day. I think it was 80 degrees or something like that. So really, really nice. Uh, this coming Thursday is our first annual, first ever trunk or treat. Um, I believe we have 12 or 13 cars that are going to be decorated. They're going to be in the in the church parking lot or the school parking lot. Um, so you're going to uh, uh, can't nobody can park in there unless you're actually decorating your trunk. So you can park out on the street somewhere. But everybody's invited to come. Uh, dress up if you like. There's candy. There's going to be a bunch of games. Um, there's going to be live music playing. There's also a mini donut truck that's going to be there selling uh, mini donuts. So should be a good time. We're going from 5 to 7 p.m. Again, Thursday, October 27th. Uh, hopefully you can join us for that fun activity too. Uh, this coming weekend is uh, our Reformation weekend. So we'll be having our regular uh, services, which will uh, certainly speak to the importance of the Reformation um, Saturday evening and Sunday morning. But we'll also be holding a special uh, joint Reformation service for the entire Minnesota Conference of the CLC. We have quite a few pastors coming in uh, who will be guest speaking uh, and, and helping out with the service. So that will be uh, Sunday, uh, uh, October 30th at 4 p.m. And then following that service, we will have a, we're having a good old fashioned potluck. We haven't done one of these 
since I've been here. Um, I got here in 2016, so we haven't done a, a potluck since then. So we're we're hoping it all goes well, and you can uh, uh, volunteer, uh, speak to Mrs. Leon uh, to sign up if, uh, this week if you can for that. Um, and please bring a dish to pass, uh, salads or desserts uh, to share with everybody for that potluck service should be and, and service before that too. So should be a, a good time. So hopefully you can join us for that. Uh, and then finally, um, two weeks from, from this Sunday, we're having a celebration of the, the 50th anniversary of the rededication of our church building. So again, in 1971, the church burned to the ground. Uh, November 1972, they uh, rededicated the sanctuary and got back in for worship here in the church once again. So this is the 50th anniversary of that, and we praise God for uh, giving us 50 years of worship here uh, at Emmanuel in our sanctuary here. Uh, our prayer list this week, we continue to keep Tom Jensen uh, in our prayers. Uh, uh, Tom is uh, on hospice care dealing with pancreatic cancer. Um, we also keep in our prayers uh, Carrie Dale, Hillary Leon's sister, who is also uh, has a terminal cancer diagnosis. And then we also keep in our prayers <clears throat> Pastor John Hine. Uh, pastor Hine is the uh, pastor of our sister CLC congregation in Fridley, Minnesota. That's Grace Lutheran Church in Fridley, Minnesota. Um, this past week he was diagnosed with what's called thymic carcinoma, which is a rare and aggressive cancer of the thymus gland. Um, so we keep him in our prayers and pray that the Lord would, would bless him. It seems as though he'll be undergoing chemotherapy very shortly and a bunch of a, quite aggressive treatments to try to help uh, with where he's at right now. Um, obviously, um, there's a lot of questions there still, but we leave it all in the Lord's hands and we trust in his, his good and gracious will for Pastor Hine. And certainly we keep his family and his congregation in our prayers as well. And then finally, this coming weekend, uh, Isaac uh, Wilfert and Izzy Becker are getting married uh, on Saturday. Uh, so we pray the Lord would bless uh, them and their union together and uh, let this weekend go smoothly uh, according to his will. Which brings us to our Wisdom of Solomon's Proverbs. We've been going chapter by chapter here. Um, Pastor has picked out a verse from Proverbs 13 for us to take a look at. Verse 12 of Proverbs 13 is, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. I think that first phrase is maybe a little bit easier to understand than the second one. I think of my own kids and I tell them, yeah, we'll, we'll play that game or we'll do that thing later today, and then it doesn't happen, and then we do it the next day, and it doesn't happen, and we say the same thing the next day. You know, they get kind of disappointed and discouraged, you know, when you keep deferring that hope, you know, to spend some time together. And so you can apply that to anything. You know, we, we talk about people that are on hospice care and their, their hope, if they didn't have a hope, their heart would be very sick, not just of the cancer they have, but a soul sickness to not know where they're going or not be confident of their future. So you can really apply hope in a lot of different ways and taking it in the understanding of our day-to-day -day hope, the promises that we have or make to each other versus our eternal hope that we have in Christ. This is a generally true statement of all things that when we are hopeful for something if that gets deferred to a later date or later time that can that can make us sad that can make us unhappy that can make us fretful as far as hope in its sense of mm. that um, comments on that pastor uh what you just said there makes me think of romans 5 5 which says uh hope does not disappoint um and it speaks to how the holy spirit has been poured out in our hearts uh through the love of jesus christ and you know, as Christians, 
you know, there's a lot, you know, as Christians, there's lots of things in this life that we can hope for and that doesn't happen and that can be disappointing to us. But the hope that we have, as, the hope that we do have as Christians um, will not and cannot disappoint because uh, the Holy Spirit uh, works in our hearts that faith, that trust in Jesus for salvation so that eternal hope uh, is secure for us. And that's why I always tell people, you know, when the Bible uses that word hope, it's not necessarily, especially in connection with our with our salvation, it's not in the sense of, well, I hope we get a bike, I get a bike for Christmas, or I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow, or, you know, the, 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 the that idea of, well, I'm not sure it's going to happen or not. Um, we don't sing, I hope my Redeemer lives. We sing, I know my Redeemer lives. And so that's something we can be confident in as Christians. Well, that leads into the second half pretty easily then, because it says, if the hope that's deferred makes the heart sick, it says, but when the desire comes, is a tree of life. So if we're going to take that literally, we could really say when you're hoping for something that's fulfilled, then that is a blessing to you. That That's a tree of life. It's going to give you that that strength, that that hope has now been answered. So you can think of that in our faith life, couldn't you? In the sense of if this is true in our, well, I'll use my kid's illustration again. If we actually do play that game, then it's like, oh, well, this is the blessing of having that time spent together that we were waiting for, that we were lo- looking forward to, that we're hopeful that we would have when we have it, and it becomes a blessing for our relationship and for our, our family. Hmm. You can't really read that tree of life without thinking about the Garden of Eden a little uh, bit, right? You know, right. There, there were two trees in the in the Garden of Eden. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and there was also the tree of life. And, and God said, after they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, let's kick them out of here so they don't eat from the tree of life and live forever. So what... I mean, how do you understand that? What's the idea? Is there a connection there of, you know, desired coming, being the tree of life, that life eternal? Is there a connection there, do you think? Well, I think, I know we talked about this a little bit uh, beforehand, but in the sense of the tree of life being the blessing, I think you said that wisely, but obviously with the garden too, I think a tree of life is going to be a tree that's fruitful, that's bearing fruit, that's, you know, any kind of tree that bears fruit is going to be something that's going to be a source of strength and nourishment, I was thinking of nutrients, nourishment for our our physical life. And therefore, when we look at the tree of life as a spiritual side of it, I I think of the desire of all nations as Christ. And so if you think about hope in the spiritual sense there, waiting for the Messiah to come, then you can think of that as he is our tree of life. He is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. I mean, he's our everything. And so if you're taking this on the normal level, the plain level, we could say how this is true of our everyday life, of things that we're hopeful for. If we're taking this on the spiritual side and understanding it to mean about our, our faith, then it, I, like you said, I can't read the tree of life and not think about the garden mm-hmm. and the promises the Lord has blessed us with that. <clears throat> and certainly the the garden shall be restored when we do have eternal life, you know, that the eternal, you know, in heaven we will be perfect as it was in the beginning in the Garden of Eden and at that time, there will be no, there will be no more sorrow or pain or suffering, and there will be no ability to fall and to sin again, and it'll be blessings forevermore. Will there be hope in heaven? No, no need <laughs> for hope anymore. Right? right? Yeah, yeah. Faith, hope, and love; these three abide. But the greatest of these is love. Right? We don't need yeah. we don't need hope. We don't need faith anymore in heaven because we'll be face to face with God. Yeah, excellent point. Which brings us to our hymn of the day today. I picked out for us hymn 477 in the red hymnal.
Lord Jesus, thou the church's head, thou art her one foundation. In thee she trusts, before thee bows, and waits for thy salvation. Built on this rock secure, thy church shall endure, e'en though the world decay and all things pass away. O hear, O hear us, Jesus. O Lord, let this thy little flock, thy name alone confessing, continue in thy loving care, true unity possessing. Thy sacraments, O Lord, and thy saving word, to us ere pure retain, grant that they may remain or our only strength and comfort. Help us to serve thee evermore with hearts both pure and lowly, and may thy word, that light divine, shine on in splendor holy, that we repentance show and faith ever grow, the power of sin destroy, and all that doth annoy, O make us faithful Christians. And for thy gospel let us dare to sacrifice all treasure, teach us to bear thy blessed cross, to find in thee all pleasure. O grant us steadfastness and joy and distress, that we ne'er forsake, let us by grace partake of endless joy and glory. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel. God is with you.